It's time for Cyclone Insider. From the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. What's going on? Welcome to Cyclone Insider here with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. Hey, it's good to have all uh, all three of us together. It seems like Tommy or Randy or somebody's kind of been on assignment or you know the one week I was in Myrtle Beach. So it's good to, uh, it's good to have the whole crew together today. Randy, what's up, my man? It's nice to be here. Nothing's up. Everything's just drama free. I don't know what we're going to talk about. It's finals week. Yeah, the good th- yeah, that and it's pretty much shut down news this week at yeah. Iowa State, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's finals. No news. Week. Well, well, no news my behind because Tommy <laughs> no news broke week. some last night. I had just gotten home from my relaxing vacation in San Diego and was kind of nestling in a final evening of defragging the old uh, brain, and Tommy Birch blows up my Twitter feed. Hey, Tommy. I thought about just doing <laughs> it while you were gone. That's how it goes, right? It is. When you're gone. I, I didn't really completely unplug. I mean, it was Cyhawk week, so I, I wrote a column after that game. You and- were tweeting to all of us. From the post game press conference that you were you were watching it right, yeah, I've done that a time or two. Yeah, <laughs> it uh, no, it just, um, that that news last night though, what I, what I found interesting about it, and I'll let you two discuss it as uh, the it was a Des Moines Register report. It didn't really shock me that Jacob Park is going to transfer. I mean it, that. You know, you kind of expected that after the way that this had played out. I think we always thought there was a chance he would come back, but you didn't really know. I I thought some of the context within what he told you is what made that story interesting. Yeah, I think what... From everything, I'll I'll clarify that, everything from the, they haven't talked to me, to the comment about the fans at the end. Yeah, I mean, I think those are two of the biggest shockers. And then, the to me, the other part, Randy and I were talking about this, is that he... He admitted to a failed drug test. You just don't see that very often. You you rarely see That's a somebody point. admit that they it. failed a drug test. And then, too, Randy was pretty adamant about this. You never, he's never seen anybody call out Iowa State fans and their and their loyalty before. But two very shocking things that Jacob Park did. Um, it's. Do you it's mind an- if I ask how that came about? Did he just throw that out there, or how that question? Yeah, I, how that quote on the fan. The question that I posed to him, I said, "What has it been tough watching yeah. from afar?" Yeah. And that's that's the answer he gave me. Interesting. So, um, Did, yeah, it, I thought it was weird too because remember, like two three weeks ago, he just started tweeting. He did. Yeah. All of a sudden, like he had been completely silent. And then that, and then it, it was just the timing of all of his comments has just been a little odd. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you look at Jacob Park's career. Yeah, it's there's just no way to predict uh, kind of what's next when it comes to Jacob because his career has had so many twists and turns from you know Georgia to that Trident Technical College to Northeast Oklahoma. Good, good pull. To, yeah, to. Uh, to hear, I mean, nothing has played out in typical fashion for Jacob Park. So, to me, that's that's kind of the one thing that really stands out is just. Um, I think Pete wrote it. Uh, you know, kind of a sad ending almost. Yeah, Pete. Just, what's your takeaway from the last twenty four hours? Well, it's like Tommy said. I've been at the Register since whatever, December 11th, 1972. 
never, ever have I seen an Iowa State student athlete say that the fans turned on him. I mean, it's a cliche, yeah, to say that Iowa State fans are the most loyal on the planet. But, by gosh, they are. I've never, ever seen an Iowa State fan um, be critical in mass of, of, of a student athlete. I don't know what Jacob Park saw. I don't know what he heard. I don't I don't know. But to for for Jacob Park to even mention about the fans shows me and this is nothing that I that it's not online right now that I didn't write. Shows me that do you really want him as your quarterback? If he's got that thin of skin, do you really want him as a quarterback? Yeah, cuz as the quarterback, I mean, you are you're playing the, the most important position on the field. Matt Campbell made him a captain. And and if he's got that thin skin. It, don't you we've think? all had people get on our butt. Oh, yeah. Please. Absolutely. Every day. It's part of the deal. Yeah. Do, you, do you think that the way, um, the way the park deal went down, from the transition from park to Kemp to even Zeb Nolan when he had to go in, they won a Big 12 road game with him in his first start. Um, let me ask you this, and this just came to my head. We hadn't planned on talking about this, but I'd be interested to get both of your takes. Does that play down the value of quarterback at Iowa State under this system, or do we go, man, these guys are really good at getting quarterbacks ready to play? Maybe it's a combination of both. I think it's a combination of, pl- of both. Iowa State, without Jacob Park, Iowa State went to kind of a plug-and-play. Um, you plug in a quarterback and play and play relatively conservative. You play to the strengths yeah. of who's in there, whether it be Zeb, whether it be Kyle, whether it be Joel. You play to the strength of, of who's in there. With Jacob Park was a quarterback, he was, he was uh, um, a little bit – he kind of – um, march to his own beat. Um, Gunslinger. Yeah, yeah. You never knew exactly what exactly what he was going to do when he was in the game. So, I think it's a little bit of both. I think I think Iowa State does a good job of preparing quarterbacks. Um, but and I think the the plan B for you know for Jacob Park, although you know you can't assume that that Iowa State starting quarterback or starting quarterback anywhere is going to to start 12 games or 13 or whatever it is. So I'm sure they had a state a plan B, and I'm sure the plan B was something about, okay, we've got to be a little more conservative. We can't throw down the field as much as we could with Jacob Park. And that's what they did. They they plugged a new guy in there and they played. It's good game planning, but also good preparation because <clears throat> kind of as we've seen over the years, I mean, it's like you said, it's been a long time since. And I always say quarterback has gone through the entire season, you know, from start to finish. Routinely, Brett Meyer or Arnod would have been Arnod. 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 Okay. The one thing that we have consistently seen is that usually when they go from the first guy to the second guy, there has been a substantial drop off, at least in that first game. I mean, obviously, you know, you the first thing you kind of think about is Sam Richardson to. Joel Lanning, Joel had some pretty good success, but they kind of eased him into that. Even Grant Rohach, after, you know, he took over for Sam, there were some early struggles, and then he got some momentum at at the end of the year, but then they opened up with that quarterback competition again. But 
I can't remember if we've ever seen where they were able to hand the ball off to another guy and that person was able to run with it and keep having success. I mean, not j- I mean, we got to a point where it was at the very bottom of Iowa State's step chart and I remember thinking when we knew Kyle Kemp was hurt and it gets to this point where we're talking about Zeb Nolan possibly starting yeah. at Baylor there was virtually no concern that the ball was going to be placed in his hands because I think at that point we're kind of like, man, look what Kyle Kempt was able to do. Look how they were able to get him ready. It's It, it just didn't become a concern. But you would say next season there's got to be some concern because there's just not any experience. But on the flip side... I think if you would have gone into this season and said anything happened to Jacob Park, there would have been some well, serious I mean, concerns. I, I mean, spe- you wrote. I specifically wrote. Yeah. And it looks dumb now, but I truly believed it at the time. I think it was like two weeks before. It may have been with the column I wrote at Big 12 Media Days, just how Park is the he's the glue to this season. This season didn't go like any of us thought. I mean, we thought that they were going to have to score – 40 points a game. The defense came out of nowhere. We thought they were done after yeah. the Texas game. We really thought they were done once Jacob Park took that leave uh, that I was they announced. Yeah, I thought going into the year, and, and this is what makes this whole deal just so crazy, I thought Park would be the difference between a bowl team and not. That clearly wasn't the case. Um, and, the, like, and then, like, man, he just... I'd never seen anything like it, Randy. Like, you... That I'll never forget that night. I, I think I was texting with Tommy. It was when you guys published your piece on Park being out. You guys were down in Norman, mm-hmm. and we were all hearing rumblings and stuff. And 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 I'll never. I was at the Chris Stapleton concert when I read your guys' piece, and and I remember going to my wife. Well, there goes the season. They don't have anybody else. I mean, just the way. And then they win the next day as a thirty-one point underdog. With this guy who has been a journeyman and has never really played in his entire career, and then he ultimately leads him to seven and five. I mean, just this whole thing has just been such a whirlwind. And then Jacob Park progressively got ir- more irrelevant as every. Yeah. As Do you think every, that had an impact in his behavior? I'm not going to read his mind. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I, I, that's, I, that's probably not fair. I don't. I don't know that. Yeah, that's not fair. I mean, I, I, I feel sorry. I feel sad. Not sorry. I feel sad that it ended like this. Um, um, because Jacob Park has always been nice to me. Yeah, we had one little flare-up, but that's okay. That happens. Just one. That's not bad. Um, <laughs> that's not bad. Um, but he's always been he's always been good to me. I liked interviewing him. Sure, he gave you real answers. Yeah, yeah. I like, like I like that. Yeah, he was he was real. I like that. Um, I just hope every I hope whatever's going on, I hope that it works out for him. I hope. You know, his everything's good with his daughter, okay? Absolutely. I hope everything's good with his family, wherever they are. Um, I hope if he goes to a fourth school, what would that be? Three, four schools in five years? Five and four uh, years? Five four and school, years. but... This will be um, four school. No. At some point, you... I uh, hope everything goes at well. At some point, you kind of have to look yourself in the mirror if you right, want yeah. to around like I hope, that. I hope if, if he plays, I hope everything yeah. goes well. I hope he meets lifelong friends there. Um, if he plays football, I hope he you know he, he thrives in, in that strong right arm that he has. Um, 
you know, we can we can only imagine what it's like to be a 22 year old college student. Number one, number two, a 22 year old college student who's playing the most visible position on a football team, on a Power Five football team, in front of 50 or 60 thousand people each Saturday afternoon on national television, and oh by the way. I'm also attending class. I'm also attending practice. I'm also attending film session. I'm also studying, and, and I've also got a child. Sleep. Yeah, and all by, yeah, and and yeah. Oh, and at some point you try to find some time to sleep. Man, I, I can only imagine what what that's like as a 22 year old. I was 30 when I had my daughter, and I had like decent jobs. Like I have fellow security, an amazing wife, and I almost lost my mind. My yeah. first year of fatherhood, honestly, yeah. like I really did. Like I. I've talked openly about it. Like I had some major struggles that I went through, so I, I'm with you. I mean, I have a lot of sympathy that, for the I, young but man. But that doesn't. And, but I'm not saying that that makes it right. No. To, as you as you as you leave the door, as you walk out the this, sure. to consider as you walk out the door to throw the fans under the bus. Absolutely. I don't. I don't think. I think that's, that's right. a move where when he adds some maturity to his life, that he'll probably look back and regret. Yeah, and to me, the thing that I keep coming back to, and this is why I thought about when when you were talking about all that, Randy, is remember during the summer I talked to him about you know impending fatherhood, how it was coming, and he had said to me, football had to work out for him. He could not mess up this opportunity because he looked at football as his ticket, his way to be able to provide for his family and to to be able to do all those things. And it had to work out for him. It hasn't worked out for him at Iowa State. So from that aspect of it, you you kind of you know, you you do have that that sense of, okay, what what is next for Jacob Park? You know, how is he going to move on from this chapter when it comes to physical pro potential i'm not talking upstairs i'm talking arm all that stuff i think he's the best we've ever seen at iowa state really yeah i don't know seneca yeah well i think he that sage? would be i think he was better than, i think sage would tell us that if you're here too sage and i've talked about it like sage was just a really smart quarterback who constantly put people in the right spot stage was a, sage was a student of the game I think it would be Park and Seneca. I would put them in the same category, and I mean two different type of players, obviously. But I think I think Park is right there. We just never saw him reach his full potential because of the off the field and the mental stuff. I would like to have seen Jacob Park play to, play the whole this season and next season to see how many yards could he throw for eight thousand yards over two seasons. Yeah, I mean, he would have. He, he was throw on for pace to shatter that record this yeah, year yeah. before he went out. Yeah, I mean, he was he was going to be he was going to be right there with Sage and Seneca. Um, yeah, I would I would have I would have liked to have. He, to, um, I'll make another. He, he would have been there with popularity too, because I think Iowa yeah. State fans were intrigued by him, fascinated by him, and wanted to jump on board the Jacob Park bandwagon because you know, yeah, it's like you had said what he he. Uh, marches to his own yeah. beat. I think a lot of fans respected that. I think a lot of fans loved his openness, his candidness, his quirkiness, and his football abilities, too. It was something Iowa State fans hadn't seen in that position on and off the field in a long, long time. I'll never forget the visual that I had at each summer Iowa State 
has towards the end of the summer has a football players function on the field where they're in uniform where they entertain young children um the i, the, I can't remember what it's called hospital and stuff right yeah i can't remember what it's called yeah those kids uh, i mean there's junction day or yeah something, something like that victory day victory day yeah there's it seems like hundreds of little kids out there and iowa state players treat those kids just like you know like they're they're on their teammates yeah. and jacob park i remember that i'll i'll obviously i'll forget it but but i won't use the never forget but but jacob park i do remember walked down the t- the the tunnel um the 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 runway thingy bob at, at at jack trice pushing a stroller with his you know with his baby pushing his baby you know to to attend that thing that was cool mm-hmm. later on after jacob was done t- um you know teaching seventh seven year olds or whatever it was the fine art finer arts of playing quarterback you know hanging out with him he went over and started playing with the baby i got a soft spot in my heart anyway for kids yeah that was cool that was really cool um so i'm glad that's my lasting impression of, yeah of jake no that's that's a good way to jacob that's a good way to close it um I guess we'll let's move on to the football aspect of this quickly before we move on and, and talk some basketball since it is uh, we're getting to the heart of basketball season. Quarterback next year at Iowa State, we know Kyle Kemp is seeking a sixth year. How does that happen? Uh, I don't think it will. I, I don't think, think that, it will either. I think it's a simple deal as they're going to try. Maybe you can, and we won't know until June anyway. So, so yeah, I they I mean, never I, rule on those things. I would not count on him being on the depth chart, but I figured it was worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got Zeb Nolan, you've got uh, Real Mitchell coming in, Devin Moore uh, broke his leg. He was a uh, he redshirted tore ACL. Tore, he broke his me. broke his leg before he came. So okay, he, that's where I had that. So he's had all sorts of problems. Yep. Every um, every player on that that you mentioned has you know they get you, bad. There's something in the water in well, names. Well, yeah. You one you look at okay. There's some reason for excitement with each player. You talk about Zeb Nolan, you saw some potential with him. Devin Moore uh, did some great things in high school. Real Mitchell, same situation. But then when you compile kind of that pros and cons list, you're like, everybody's got some serious cons. You know, you look at Zeb Nolan, still a little inconsistent in the chances he got towards ACL when he got here. Devin Moore, those two injuries, Real Mitchell injured in high school and uh, not even the starting quarterback at the end of uh, this season. So every quarterback um, option is kind of intriguing, I think, is the best way to word it. Grad transfer. Yeah. I think that that's something you have to consider. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get a junior. You're not going to want a junior well, college say, guy because that's going to muddle up your your rotation. You know, your your, your progression. Your, yeah, your. Cro- I would say this though, I was this Iowa State team next year is a very attractive place for a grad transfer with the receivers they've got. You got insane receivers. With the Keith Butler offense, out there, arguably a top two or three running back in college football to hand the ball off to. The right. line should be much better next year, right? And you've got what we think will be a really good defense. That, I'm telling you guys, Iowa State is set up next year the, to be the best team that I have ever covered at Iowa State, but they don't have a quarterback yet, and that's, you know, you're and, in the Big 12 Conference. And if you're a quarterback, you got to look at what Iowa State did this season and say, okay, one, hey, they're open. You know, we've seen in the past that, 
Campbell is willing to play more than one quarterback if if that needs to be. And two, uh, no matter how far down the depth chart you are, you may get your shot. And you know they're not afraid to to give those opportunities. So from from both those aspects, one an intriguing situation, but two probably a decent opportunity if you come in here. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if there's a. Um a website out there that, that that lists people football players who are transferring like like Goodman does on ESPN.com with the basketball players um but uh, that's certainly be something to keep an eye on if there if it if there is because I have no question no doubt in my mind that that's what Iowa State's going to be looking for as a grad transfer guy a guy that can come in one year and and, and either be the starter or be the backup and um and be there as Iowa State continues to to nurture its younger quarterbacks. Yeah, I uh, my guess too, knowing just the way these guys recruit, they've probably already begun. I you know I would say that they've probably there's already a, there's a strong bet that yes, that's yeah, accurate. They've already yeah. begun scouring the grad. They know who's going to be out there, sure. And I, I mean too, you have to feel okay about Noland as well. I mean, I you don't I don't really know what his ceiling is yet because we haven't seen enough of him. But man, just the fact that he they were able to plug him, and I know Baylor stunk this year. But that he impressed me that game, just the moxie to go in like he did against Oklahoma State and keep him in it and then go to Baylor and grind out a win like that. I mean, that, that'll be invaluable come next, next fall. To me, the most impressive thing about what Zeb Nolan did was the Oklahoma State game where not only does he come into the game, marches Iowa State down the field, what, like 90-some yards. but Made then some insane throws along the way. Made some very good throws. He he got off to a really hot start, but then he kind of cooled off. But the impressive thing was he kind of righted the ship later in the game and put Iowa State in a position to win that game. That questionable call probably changes the way everybody looks at Zeb Nolan because you're looking at another top 25 win. Um, that questionable call, Iowa State's in either in Alamo or Orlando. Yeah. Let me ask you this. And then we got to get the basketball. If let's say Park doesn't have the issues that he has this year, Park's your starter for twelve games. Does Iowa State have a better or worse record? I I mean I'm 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 thinking. I say better. Uh, yeah, because to me the game that I'm thinking of, where they sorely missed Jacob Park, was the West Virginia game. I, I feel like that that's, one, that's fair. just a little bit more offense could have done it. Otherwise, regardless of who's in at quarterback, that defense won you a lot of games. I don't think that would have changed any bit. Pete? Wow. I'm trying to think. Did the quarterbacks actually lose any of those games? Well, there was... Well, I, I, I think well maybe West Virginia. Right. I think West, West Virginia. Virginia, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, but who's to say Jacob Park would have made well, the right decision in that? The thing? reason I think it's an interesting question is who's to say you throw Park in there, and even though he's starting, they don't change their offense up like they did, and then that affects the defense, which is you see that happen in football all the time, right? Because they were doing that ball control stuff, and they you remember like how furious we all were after Texas, we're like, why didn't you give the ball to Montgomery? Yeah, and like once you put Kemp in, like I mean, that was your offense. Yeah, everything else was just. I mean, maybe they wouldn't have done as well had they not switched it up like that. I think they, 
I don't know. That's a great. That's a great question. I I I really would like to take the contrarian view here of what Tommy said, but I don't know whether I can, and I don't know whether I can support what Tommy said either. That's a Plus, good, it's a good question. The only other game where I'm I'm completely torn on what happens is the Oklahoma game because Kyle Kemp just played out of his mind. I mean, out, that ended up kind of being the exception to Kyle Kemp. You know, he probably reached his his ceiling in that game. You're probably not going to see him play that well ever again. I Just from what we had been seeing during the season, I just, you know, it's like, yeah, Jacob Park was playing really well. I just, I, I think I had such a sour taste in my mouth from how the Texas game went that I don't know if he... He comes through in in such a big way that Kyle Kemp did a good point. in that Oklahoma game, and that Oklahoma game is what changed everything for right. this team. Let me ask you this: Would Iowa State have beaten Texas if Kyle Kemp was the quarterback? Yes. Okay. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I think the answer. I'm not yes, disagreeing with you. Park. Looking back at it, was so bad that game, right? And like he made so many just not only bad throws, but bad reads. Where you, you could make a case that Jacob Park lost you that game. That's probably one of those situations where the thing about Kyle Kemp is there were times where usually he wasn't going to make those plays to win the game. The Oklahoma game was the exception. But he was not going to lose you the game. Landing won that yeah. game. But yeah. yeah. Lower ceiling, higher floor. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I hate saying that Jacob Park lost that game because not one player does. No, but I, but I, he had the greatest impact on you, Iowa State losing. Other that than game. the offensive line matchup and yes. how Park played, like Iowa State outplayed them in that game. Park and you Park know? not only did Park struggle in terms of passing, but he uh, probably essentially took David Montgomery out of that game with some of his decision making. Right. Yeah. Good. Good conversation. All right. Um, we're going to move on to basketball. Iowa State has won seven in a row. Uh, they beat the Hawks last week. Get some reaction to that. The the game on Sunday night was kind of what you would expect on those Sunday night games before finals. Uh, Big Four Classic coming up on Saturday. Iowa State, Northern Iowa, Iowa Drake. Talk about all that and more coming up after this. It's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register here on 1460 KXNO. Okay, we spent the first segment talking football. Now let's move on to Iowa State basketball. Iowa State has won seven games in a row now after starting 0-2. The uh, the point guard switch paying off on it's probably you know other than well I mean it's affected everybody Randy but man Lindell Wigginton holy mackerel talk about a young man who's kind of coming to his own over the last couple of weeks he's uh, he's playing better against better the last seven games than I expected he'd play all this, year this season yeah this season wow. yeah that's, yeah that's, he's yeah. he's uh, and you know it may change. I mean, he's not going to be doing what he's doing now once the Big Twelve starts. He may not doing he may not be doing what he's doing now on Saturday, because um, Northern Iowa certainly not going to Northern Iowa is going to yeah. Then Iowa State's not going to get nearly as many shots as they as they have in the past. 
but but Lindell has been has been very very good, and let me emphasize not one and done good. Um, don't read between my lines on that one again. Randy, you say he's going to the NBA right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, maybe two and done, but <laughs> but that that move um, that Steve Prom made is is genius, and we all know why that happened. I mean, you know, people say, well, why did it why did it take so long? Well, Steve Prom had to play the respect card. He had to let Donovan get it out of his system. Donovan said he wanted to be the point guard. Donovan Jackson gave Donovan every chance to play the point guard. They were zero and two with Donovan Jackson at the point guard. And he was averaging like five points yeah, a game. Yeah, and shooting horribly, four average yeah, first 20 off. or some stupid thing like that. So, yeah, but but hats off to Steve Prohm. Gave the senior the shot. Gave him a chance. And it wasn't working. And then they had a meeting among them, all of them. And and Nick Bebb's on the ball now. And it's opened the floor up for not only for, for Linda Wigginton, but also for Donovan Jackson. You kind of wonder, my, my thing is, you wonder if that meeting didn't happen how long Steve Prohm would have stuck with Donovan Jackson because we've seen it for a long time where, you know, we were talking about the other night with Beverly in ter- and you brought it up, the respect factor. He's immensely loyal to those guys in, in terms of wanting to give them every opportunity. To me, the biggest surprise was not that they made the change, but they made it so quick because that's usually not how at least since Steve Prohm's been here, he's not been quick to the trigger on changes. And they didn't have to have a meeting. Steve Prohm could have just done it. I mean, and I don't even know how much of a meeting it was. A meeting to me is is everybody having equal equal opportunities to have input. And I don't know. You know, I think once Steve Prohm said in that meeting that, okay, we're going to try something else, I think everybody was on board like, whew, whew, that was a woo, um, rubbing forehead, um, that, um, okay, let's move on. And, and, uh, Prom saw has seen enough of Nick knows enough of Nick Babb that that playing point guard is probably a pretty good thing right now. Not like I'm and I'm not saying it's going to be he's not going to average nine what or whatever he's averaging assists once the Big Twelve season starts on December 29th. I'm not saying he's going to do that, but certainly he's getting the confidence. Number one and number two combined. Number two, Wigginton and Jackson are also getting confidence and running the lanes. Yeah, I mean, I I put Iowa State's backcourt up there. I mean, I, I think that they can play with most of those teams in the Big 12, guys. I think that it'll – and even defensively, Wigginson's a nice defender. Yeah. Uh, and Bab and, and Jackson are both solid out there. Uh, start to look at the front court. you know. I mean, I, those guys have so much potential. Um, but I, I think defensively is where I – you know, Prom talks about it all the time. I mean, that's how they have to start and then push it and all that stuff. And consistency there. I mean, when they – I feel like when they want to play defense, and most of the time their effort's pretty good, but when they're when they're locked in defensively, they can be an okay defensive team. But I, that's, to me, Tommy, where I'm looking at. It's like they need more consistency from Lard, Solomon Young, those types of guys. Yeah, and I think – at least the consistency part when it comes to Cameron Lard, you hope that comes relatively soon because now you're getting to a point with Solomon Young where you're like, man, he's he's been out there a while. You know, you should be expecting a lot out of him, especially with everything he did last season. With Cameron Lard, I mean, that's the guy who hasn't played, uh, you know, almost what two years, but you know, before this season, you know, played a little bit. Um, you know, before that, but 
you know, so he, I think for him, he's still kind of getting his feet under him, kind of like Hans too. You know, though, both those guys, that's a long time off for both of them. And it's, you, I, you've seen, the good thing is you've at least seen steady progression from both those guys that yeah. knowing that things are getting better and down the road, they, they're going to be forces. Do you think that it's uh, on the Beverly deal? Pete, do you think it's more that Steve's giving that guy as much room to work with as he can before pulling him? Because clearly Lard's better. I mean, anybody who watches the game knows that. Or do you think it's more that Steve doesn't want to give Cam too much too quick based off of a trust deal with him? I think it's a combination of Steve holding true to his principles of what he's always done in the past, that he's not going to change his starting lineup until until something goes haywire. And I think as long as they win seven games, Jeff Beverly's going to seven games in a row. Jeff Beverly's going to continue to start, but but I think it's still a good. I think that starting lineup is still a good starting lineup for this reason. Kids gives Cam Lard three or four more minutes, three or four fewer minutes to get a foul. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, he got two within eighteen seconds of the first two minutes that he played against Iowa. Yeah. He was useless. He might as well just just gone and, and well, plus, hung Lard, out at hung out at, 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 at in the library. Plus, Lard right now is happy with the role. He seems fine with it. <laughs> the the risk you have when you make a change like this is you don't want to lose Beverly when you have to make that change when you send him to the bench. You know that's always a question mark when. You have to you have to take away that starting spot to a guy. It's super early in the season. You don't want to risk tainting that fountain right now. I almost think that they'd be better off starting Brace than Lard. Well, I got to imagine that's kind of a health thing too, where it's kind yeah, of like you know baby steps with him. And I just think that, like, I mean, he's playing a lot. He played the final whatever minutes against Iowa. I don't know. To me, like he. He seems like more of a steadying guy than either one of those two. Can do a lot more, too. At least he can shoot it. I don't know. That's Maybe was, you want him off the bench, though. No, that, that's what I was going to say, is is that Iowa State's getting nothing out of the 4-5 position on the perimeter of the 4. Getting nothing out of that out of that position as far as perimeter shooting, and they need some of that. And is that is that um, um, Beverly? He hadn't made a three-pointer all year. Is that Brace? Certainly I'd prefer to have him out there. Than 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 Beverly when you when it, if you need a, a made three point basket so Beverly is the one that needs to start scoring more from the perimeter. Yeah, I just don't think he I don't think he's got it in him, and I, I hope the young man proves me wrong. To what me, did he shoot like twenty percent from three last oh, year? Yeah. He's just this is not his game. To me, kind of the drop dead fail point for him when it comes to if 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 it's still not working out like you hope it to you know hoped it would be. It's right around Big 12 play once conference play starts. To me, it's non-conference schedule. It's all about him just keeping that spot, showing they can keep it. That's good stuff. Um, takeaways quickly, gentlemen, from the Iowa game before we move on to, to Northern Iowa. I, I watched the game from San Diego, and I, it kind of played out how I thought it would, honestly. I mean, I figured Iowa would come out and – Iowa State's really developing this reputation of being a second-half team this year, and it's probably going to burn them when they start playing a little bit better competition. But um, I don't know. I mean, it 
I'll tell you what, my big takeaway from that game, if I had won, was that atmosphere was not too big for the freshmen. I mean, those guys all, you know, Wigginton and Lar, every single one, every Terrence Lewis coming off the bench and hitting some threes, they they blended right in very well. Yeah, and I and and I didn't have any any doubt that that Wigginton could handle that. I was curious about about um, Terrence Lewis, and it's good you brought him up because he has been playing well. Yeah, I mean he, that's a potential guy to take a Beverly spot, um, you know, down the road. But um, Lard got a little hyped up. I mean, in that game. I mean, and so yeah, he got into foul trouble early. Um, so I, I don't know when, when we were talking about about Lard joining the starting lineup. I don't know whether we were talking about possibly Lard and Solomon Young being on the floor at the same time. I don't know whether Steve Prom would do that or not, because Solomon Young also has been known to get into foul trouble. Yeah. So do you want your only two big guys to be in foul trouble at the same time? I don't know. It's a, it's it's. I, I don't guess, know. I don't that's know why they, that's that. why that's why Steve gets paid, you know, whatever he gets paid. I guess, but. Um, yeah, it's it, it's. I think the way he's got the lineup right now, I think that's the way it'll stay for you know until everything goes haywire. And and like Prom said the other day on um, on Monday during the press conference, he's guessing. I think he meant hoping, but he said he's guessing that as soon as um, 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 Beverly makes his first three pointer, you know the lid's off the basket now, and we'll see what happens. Um, that's good stuff. Iowa State, Northern Iowa, it's coming up on Saturday, the Big Four Classic. The Panthers are always a thorn in Iowa State's side. We'll look ahead to that, talk some more hoops when we come back. It's the Cyclone Insider Program with the Des Moines Register here on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Welcome back. Final segment, Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO. Hawkeye fans, you will have Hawk Central tomorrow. I believe they are on from 5 to 6 tomorrow because we've got either the Wolves or the Wild, one of the two, playing. So, uh, yeah, that's coming up. And then uh, Cody will be in for High School Insider coming up on Friday, as he always does. So stay tuned to that. Uh, We'll put a bow on this riveting Iowa State conversation with Tommy Birch and Randy Peterson from the Des Moines Register. Iowa State right now is a, I believe, a six-point favorite over Northern Iowa, according to Ken Palm, the analytical website. This game, I mean, th- this game's always a bad matchup for Iowa State I mean, in multiple levels. Um, and then, you know, I, I saw the boys talking about it with you guys yesterday. But this will be a real test for this young Iowa State team that has not played somebody who's going to try and slow them down, like Northern Iowa will do. On Saturday, this is a great test for this Iowa State team. Well, and this U and I team is pretty battle tested too. Good. You know, they they face some real uh, strong opponents. So um, for Iowa State, I mean, this is probably the toughest matchup on their schedule so far. So, and playing at Wells Fargo Arena, I mean, there's going to be a lot of U and I fans there too. So, um, and then that dynamic too, where they're going to try to take Iowa State out of their their element completely. I mean, all those factors with that young of a team make it a pretty scary matchup. Pete, part of me, let's see what you think about this. Part of me thinks this version of Iowa State is better equipped to deal with the UNI, though, than some of those teams we've seen in the past. Just because I feel like these guys, like, 
they don't really care if they have to win ugly. Where George and Naz and Matt, like they, they wanted to be. They went. They, they wanted to score, to score ninety every yeah, night, and, to it, and it drove them yeah. crazy. Yeah. To slow it down. However, this team, though, to contradict what I just said, they're not good in the half court. And you know Ben Jacobson's going to try and put them in the half court. It'll be a half court game for the most part, and Iowa State's going to have to be good in the half court, or they're going to lose. That's why Cameron Lard's going to have to come up and play big in this game. He's going to have to the be point. a factor um, because, um, not to say he doesn't run the court, he may run the court better than anybody on the team, but he's going to have to patrol the lane. It'd be nice if he had nice for Iowa State if he had a little medium medium jumper that he made every once in a while. But uh, I guess you take baby steps. But, yeah, he's going to have to be a factor in this game. And he's especially going to have to be a factor on um, on the defensive board. Iowa got 20, at least 20 offensive rebounds. You're not going to win any Big 12 Conference games when your opponent is getting yeah. 20 offensive Great rebounds. Point. So, so um, Cam has to has to crash that board, but in order to crash that board, you've got to stay in the game. You've got to stay in the game. You can't be in foul trouble. So it's all, you know, one thing after another. But I think this is a this is a big opportunity for Cam Lard to um to show what he can do. Um yeah, I I probably at this point I'm not gonna ask you guys to make predictions. I, I kinda would lean Northern Iowa right now in this game just because I don't know, it's just Something about that building, and and Jacobson always can get these guys out of their element. But it's a different Iowa State team, you know. It's just a weird deal. I want to just get real quick your other your take on the other matchup, Iowa and and Drake, uh, and Drake Randy's playing well. They had a one last night if the referee would have called a foul on that last play. Yeah, they're Th- playing well. That's I'm, from a that's from a Drake graduate, by the way. So I just thought yeah. I'd say that. Yeah, but I think that game could be interesting. I, I, well, it's certainly, it's certainly making Iowa Iowa fans, um, the Iowa fans, going to the, take notice at least. Yeah, I, I would guess it. I, I assume it's got Fran McCaffrey's attention. It should. Um, it, it, yeah, it should. They've lost the worst teams. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, Might not have. even being a jerk like that. Yeah. Games down in the Caymans. Yeah. If 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 Drake's Drake's fun to watch. I've not been out to see them yet. Um, this year, but and last night was the first time I've seen them on TV, obviously. But, but uh, they can shoot it, and we, you know, I, this is going to sound stupid that I'm saying this, but but I'm going to say it anyway. We've seen the three of us in this room have seen a number of those Drake players do this before. We've seen them do it in the summer league, but by golly, they can shoot it, and they, they showed us during the summer league that they can shoot it, and last night. They showed they can shoot it, and they showed in other games that they can shoot it, and that's what this Drake team is doing, and 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 um, and, and Nico's letting letting him do it. It's kind of cool. Uh, Tommy, got any hot takes in the Big Four Classic before we wrap it up? No, I mean I was just thinking that it, it's the first time where it seems like both games are really intriguing matchups. I mean, the only fan base that is probably not the most excited about this, you know, this event this year. It's got to be Iowa because yeah, there's like, you know, I they're think they're kind of just cashed out right now. Yeah, I think when it comes to Iowa State, I think there's a nobleness in losing to to you and I right now, given their history and how good they are right now. Whereas, like, if you're Iowa and you lose to Drake, this team that's barely Easy now, got, you know, with footing under it See, with Nico Medved, it's Peterson stomping yeah. grounds. You're you think they've checked out the season? What is it now? You, what is it? We're not supposed to lose against Drake. 
Oh, what was yeah, that line? We're, we're Bowie, Bowie, <laughs> what was that line Bowie last or year? Holden said that last year. So what did Wigginton say yesterday about the farm boys? And- <laughs> I wasn't there for that. No, I, I saw it. Like, Did people actually get mad about that? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Um, you know, we started like, tweeting it as soon as he said it. But what was offensive about it? I he didn't see anything like, offensive about it. He was like joking around he, and laughing. Well, I don't know whether he was joking or not. Let's let's put the blame where the blame is. Yesterday was the only time we could have we could have Prom and the players. Okay. The only time this week. Do they know anything about no, Northern they, Iowa? They haven't even talked Heck to Heck no. They haven't even and looked we, at them. We, they're not even going to start. The players aren't even going to see Northern Iowa until until Thursday probably. Yeah. So we're asking these players questions about Northern Iowa. When at our only availability for some reason, we're we're talking about Northern Iowa, and 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 they don't know anything about it. They no, but 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 Lindell tried to fake it, you know, saying they're you know, and he, he did it right. And he didn't try; he did it right. Said they're big, they're strong, they're physical, they're they're farm guys, you know. I they're farm guys. I've heard. Well, name me a farm guy that's not busy. That's not. Person, a farm person, that's not big, physical, rugged, tough. That's the definition. Jared Holman was a farm guy. <laughs> Trevor Downing, yeah. I guarantee you. You know, who kid is going to sign at Iowa State in yeah. another week yeah. or so? Yeah. Uh, He's proud to be a farm guy. I didn't see anything wrong with it. I tweeted it. I think Travis tweeted it, and both of us about the same time we tweeted it. People started blowing up our, our cell phones saying that 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 was being derogatory against against Northern Iowa. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it 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 I, it's the truth. For, for I watch as much the, pride as Iowans have in you know farming and our agriculture. We sure hate when we get stereotyped into that that farming but role too. Wigginson's from Nova Scotia, where they've got. I looked it up on the Wikipedia. They've got eight thousand nine hundred seventy-two farms in Nova Scotia. It's a lot of farms. It's a lot of farms. So, what about, if anybody knows something about farming, it's him. Speaking of fake outrage, do we have any quick hits <laughs> on the uh, Cordell Pimsel deal? No, I'm just so stupid. That's so tired <laughs> of that. So tired. You know, oh. at the at the moment, I was sitting in. San I want to see the replay. I want to see the unvarnished replay. At the most, <laughs> it was just kind of a dumb little thing. At the most, at the least, it was. Who ca- Boy, some it of our colleagues out in Eastern Iowa were pretty fired the up. The thing is, well, of course they were. The <laughs> thing is, it would be interesting if you know if if Pem- it, it seemed like Pen- Pemsel and Bohannon had nothing to say about it until they saw the footage, and they were both right there. Pemsel experienced the play. And then it seemed like once the you know the video came out on Twitter, he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that that I, the kid that, that the kid that, that, that the the poor kid that the student that was in the video, it looked to me like he was fixing on getting rolled up on, and he just yeah. kind of kind of backed off and or got rolled up on, and and he put his hands down. I don't know whether to to brace his fall or to keep Pimsel from from breaking his leg or whatever. Um, Got to find I, something to be mad about. I don't know. Twenty seventh, but, but yeah, I mean, if the Iowa State, I did, I, 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 I I'm, I'm not going to get on the Iowa State student body. You know, I've never have before, and I, I won't. I, yeah, I we won't do it. Luckily, we're out of time. There, luckily, we're out of time. Much ado about nothing. You got luckily, I wasn't on the radio last week. And he got a gash in his leg. Luckily, we're out of time. Uh, Cordell seems to be doing well, and he'll be back soon for Iowa. So that that's a good, that's a good thing. Pete Birch, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. As End on a always. high note. <laughs> End on a high note. Uh, coming up tomorrow, it'll be Hawk Central with Chad Lysico and Mark Emmert. Ross will be 
leading the way here on 1460 KXNO.